Hallelujah. You're welcome this morning. He's the one who never leaves the one behind. Thank you so, so much this morning for joining this class. It's a short one. Our biggest challenge is time, but I'm trusting God that he would help us. And in the one hour, 45 minutes that we have, the Holy Spirit himself, who is the teacher of this class, will teach us all that we need to know concerning this topic this morning. Just to talk about the prayer school very quickly. So the prayer school is an initiative of the capacity building section of the prayer ministry of the Four Square Gospel Church VGC. And basically our goal and our objective is to help people develop a stronger personal life of prayer. We want to help people in their prayer lives. We want, we're trusting God that he will help us to help people with their prayer lives. You know, we all struggle with prayer in different ways. So that's the objective and that's the goal of the prayer capacity building section. So the prayer school is just one of our initiatives. We have other initiatives. We have a virtual uh, prayer library that um, if you're interested in, you can reach out to our brother, Brother Alex. He'll give you the key to the library. Um, the Prayer Virtual Library is, has resources, books, and material that you can read and study, you know, to develop and strengthen your, your, your prayer lives. So we also intend to um, have um, online publications um, that we can share by way of newsletters and mini books um, by God's grace as we go along in our journey. The prayer school is made up of six modules that will run um, twice in a 12-month period. Our calendar year is starting in this month of May, from May to April, May 2022 to April 2023. The prayer school is going to run those one each month, and then we'll start again in the next six months. So we have module one, two, three, four, five, six that will run through um, May, June, July, August, September, October, and then November will come back again to module one um, and run it right through to April. And then in 2023, May, by God's grace, we'll introduce another course. I'm just your prefect because I've come to learn as well. I've come to learn at the feet of the Holy Spirit. We've all come to learn this morning. And so I just want us to lift up our voices and begin to first of all, thank the Lord for this morning. Thank him for this morning, the gift of another day for waking us up. You know, it's not to be taken for granted that people who die in their sleep. Let's thank the Lord for gifting us with the blessing of another day. And let's just commit the time that we're going to spend in this class this morning to him. That Let's ask that the Holy Spirit himself will teach us. Our Lord Jesus Christ said that the Holy Spirit is the teacher who would guide us into all truth. Let's ask that this morning he will guide us into all truth concerning prayer. He will guide us into all truth concerning how to pray. He will guide us into all truth. Truth that will set us free. Truth that will strengthen us, you know. Let's just ask the Lord this morning that as we've come, our gathering will not be in vain, you know. Our gathering will not, we, we, we've not just come to check a box. We've not just come to, you know, talk, empty talk, vain talk. 
but we've come to receive of him this morning. Yes, Father, we've come to receive of you this morning. And we open up our hearts, Lord. We open up our hearts and we put aside every knowledge that we have had before now. Holy Spirit, we come before you as blank sheets of paper this morning. And we ask that you write on the slates of our hearts. We ask that you write on the pages of our hearts. Father, we've come this morning because we have a need. We have a longing and a desire, Lord, to know you better. Father, to draw more, to benefit more from prayer, to have a better understanding of prayer. Father, bring us to the fullness of the knowledge about prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. Father, Lord, as the prefect of this class, I submit myself to you and I ask that you help me this morning. I ask that you touch me this morning. I ask that you speak through me this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord God, I come not by my own power or my strength, but relying on your strength and your power, submitting and surrendering myself as a vessel through whom the Holy Spirit can speak and teach this morning and impart in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. And as we're going to see in the course of the teaching this morning, relationship is the foundation of an effective prayer life, amen. Relationship is the foundation of an effective prayer life, you know? And so just as this song uh, um, tells us about having a friend in Jesus, having a friend in Jesus, that's, talk about, that's talking about relationship. Friendship is a relationship, so that we should note that. And then it says, all our sins and griefs to bear. So when we come in that relationship, in that relationship, it's not a relationship where we are only welcome when we are white as snow. We are only welcome when we are perfect. We are welcome. We are welcome even as sinners. We are welcome when we are weighed down with grief. We are welcome. And that relationship, is a privilege. And there's a special privilege about that relationship. It is the privilege of being able to come to him with everything in our hearts, everything in our hearts. And, and when we fail to take advantage of this privilege, we're forfeiting peace, the peace, peace, peace that, 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 that passes all understanding as the Bible talks about it. That's what happens when we don't make the maximum, when we don't you know, take advantage of this relationship, when we don't come to him you know, to take advantage of this privilege. We forfeit peace. We, we carry pain that we need not carry. You know? We carry pain that we need not carry. Why? Because we, have, we, we refuse to come to God in prayer. He says, have we trials and temptations? You know? Is there trouble anywhere? In this relationship, we are being invited to come. When we are facing temptation, you know, temptation is our, is, is our biggest challenge as believers. Because before sin comes, temptation always comes. You know? So when we are tempted, this is where we should come. When we are facing trials, this is where we should come. When we are in trouble, this is where we should come. When we are discouraged, this is where we should come because he's a faithful friend. 
He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He shares in our sorrow. He's so, he's so eager to take our weakness from us and exchange it with strength. But all of this happens only when we come to him. Where? In prayer. In prayer. Not in complaining. Not in wishful thinking. But in prayer. When we are weak and heavy laden, and that weakness could come through sickness even. It can come through being despondent, discouraged, overwhelmed, daunted by life and the challenges that it brings with it. When our hearts are heavy, when our hearts are heavy, we get to the end of the road. We don't know where to turn. We don't know what to do. Come back with a load of care. He remains our refuge. And he asks us to come to him, bring all these things to him. Where? In the place of prayer. When we feel let down, alone, lonely, forsaken, despised, there is one person, there is a friend that remains. He doesn't turn us away. He invites us to come the way we feel. Come to him. Where? In the place of prayer. Because in that place of prayer, he takes us and he shields us and he gives us solace. So this song in itself is a sermon on prayer. It's a song that I use to encourage myself, to remind myself when I begin to sigh, when I begin to hiss and when I begin to sigh and I begin to, to feel heavy and I begin to feel discouraged and daunted and overwhelmed by life, the Holy Spirit would usually drop this song in my heart. Lord you have a friend in Jesus. Go to him in prayer. And so I often come across as a simpleton when I seem to pray about everything. When people ask me my default answer and response is always, to pray about things. And sometimes people think there are things that are too mundane to pray about. That is the biggest lie on earth. From the most mundane to the most serious, all of this we must bring it to the Lord in the place of prayer. Amen. So this morning, I want us to have a very quick interaction, a very quick interactive session by asking us, and I'm going to type our answers, what is prayer? If you want to just give an answer, and please, this class, there's nothing like a right answer or a wrong answer. Please, let's be free. We're not, no, nobody is here to judge anybody. We're all students in this class. The For me, prayer simply is the outburst, the heart to a God who is willing to listen. The outburst of that heart, exactly the way the heart is feeling. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The outburst of the heart. Thank you, brother. Any other, um, any other contribution? Good morning, ma. Good morning. For me, it's a means of communication, just like my brother said. A means of communication. Communication to God, yes. Okay. okay, any other response? What is prayer to you? Hello. 
Hello? Yes, ma'am. Prayer for me. This is Sister Kate. Yes, ma'am. Prayer for me is pouring out my heart to my father and reminding him of his promises, of his covenant, of his yes. word. Yes. And talking to him in line with what he has promised me and believing that what he has promised me, he will do it at his own time. Praise the Lord. To the Father. Hallelujah. Yes, any other response? So prayer is communication with God, basically, and communication is meant to be a dialogue. So it's beyond just telling God about my request. It's actually listening to him. So a, a dialogue, I, I, tell, I talk to him, he talks back to me. And then it's like a, a relationship, like you said at the beginning, so that as he's telling me, as I'm telling him, he's telling me the way out. And then that relationship is building and we're getting closer, just like a love relationship. Thank you. Any other responses? There's a lot more. For me, uh, prayer in the true sense of it, I think it's a request. You are requesting something from someone that you know that have it, that has capacity to, to do something for you. So, but in, in, when, when you come to church or the forum we are, a prayer is a request to God, to, to God. So for me, a prayer is a request. Thank you. For me, prayer is um, worship, right? Telling God who he is and uh, what he's capable of doing and what he has done. And then once in a while, bringing in my own, what I, what I need, knowing that this God is capable of handling it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, ma'am. Prayer to me is an intimate communication with God. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. I think prayer is um, a tool for building relationship. So we communicate with God and we also receive from him. And thereby we build intimacy with God. Thank you. Thank you. Prayer to me is uh, a two-way communication with God through a process of worship, entering his gates with worship and thereby making a request to him and blessing him for with faith in our heart that he has done what we have requested of him. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. So thank you all so much. So these are expressions, um, are expressions in relation to what prayer is, how we see prayer, what it is to us. And we can see that there's a, a thread that runs through all these responses. And that thread is this issue of communication, the issue of communication. It's a thread that runs through all the responses that have been made this morning the outburst of the heart, when something is coming from the heart, it's being expressed, it's being communicated, pouring out our hearts, having a dialogue in order to build relationship, making a request, worshiping, telling God who he is, 
you know, making requests of him. Um, an intimate communication, you know, and someone said dialogue. So it's, it's two-way. Communication is always two ways, you know. You don't just speak to yourself. You're speaking with someone. And in speaking to someone, you're expecting to hear back from that person. It's a tool. It's a tool for building an intimate relationship with God. And I know that in all these responses that we've made, we've all just tried to summarize, you know, several things, several perspectives and, and, and understandings that we have of uh, concerning prayer. And these are just um, summaries that we have put down here. Um, someone also said it's a two-way communication with God through worship and where we come to make our requests. Thank you all so much for these um, responses. Now let's, let's carry on with the class because when I was preparing these notes, um, this, is, this is a question that I also penciled down. And I'll show you the answers that I typed uh, before we then go on to the answers um, that the Holy Spirit gave me, which we are going to now delve into. So these are my answers. These are the answers that I typed. Uh, and you can see that it resonates with virtually everything everyone else has said here, you know. Um, the first thing I wrote was prayer is a means of communicating with God, you know. And I, I, I went back to um, Genesis 4.14. Genesis 4.14. Genesis 4.14 essentially is like the history of prayer. It's just a simple verse that says that and in those days, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. You know, that's what the Bible says in Genesis 4.14. Before that, the incidents that, had, that precede Genesis 4.14 are the creation and, of course, the fall of Adam and Eve and their ex expulsion from the garden. And then, you know, all these things had happened before the Bible says and then, and in those days, men began to call on the name of the Lord. And, you know, this is a class, it's a very short class where we're not gonna have too much time to delve too deeply um, into, into um, certain things so that we, we don't derogate from time. It's a means of communicating with God. And it started right in Genesis 14. Men found the need to begin to call out to God. They saw the need to begin to call out to God. Um, then I also said it's a means of communing with God because communicating is speaking and hearing. Communing is spending time, you know, spending time. So when we're building an intimate relationship with God, we commune with him. We dwell with him. We spend time with him, you know. We come to him with a mind of, we're not rushing to his presence to just ask for things, you know, or have a conversation and run off. We are, we, are, we are coming with a mind of sitting down and spending time with him. And when we commune with God, that process of communing with God, prayer is part of that process. You know, communicating rather is part of that process. That communication comes by way of speaking to him it also comes by studying his word because he speaks to us also through his word. He speaks to us in different ways. He speaks to us by dropping thoughts in our hearts. He speaks to us by leading us to scriptures. It's a means of receiving from God. 
you know, one of our, our, our con the contributions we, we received said, said that as well. It's, and I said, it's a weapon of warfare. You know, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter six, in Ephesians chapter six, where we're told about the armor of God, it tells us about the word of God being a weapon. And then it tells us essentially how to use that weapon. And the way to deploy the weapons of our warfare is actually by prayer. If you want to turn very, very quickly to Ephesians 6, you'll see it there. Um, so Ephesians 6 in verse, uh, verse 18. So when it tells us about, about the armor, it now tells us in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So prayer is the means by which we deploy our weapons of warfare, you know? So when the Bible talks about the weapons of our warfare not being carnal, right? It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, you know, that, the, that action, that action is realized through prayer, through prayer. It is through prayer that we pull down strongholds, you know, so those things sound physical, but the means by which they happen is not a physical means. Let's quickly look at that scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse four. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So how do we pull down strongholds? Through the weapons of our warfare. Now, like I said, deploying the weapons of warfare is by prayer. So it is by prayer that we pull down strongholds. And later on, you know, in, in, in our courses, we're still, going to, we're still going to focus more. We're going to drill down into these things in other modules. You know, there will be a module at some point on spiritual warfare, on prayer as a, you know, a spiritual warfare prayers. But that's not in this class. This, this is just introduction to prayer. Casting down arguments and bringing every thought into captivity punishing disobedience when ours is fulfilled. These four actions are done through prayer. Prayer is the weapon that we use in achieving these four things. So that's just talking about prayer as a weapon of warfare. Instrument of change. Prayer is an instrument of change. You know, when we, when we want things to change, we pray. We pray. And so the Bible tells us, look, be anxious for nothing. Okay? Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. But by prayer, with thanksgiving, you know, make your request known. So that the peace that passes all understanding will come. So when, when, we, when we're faced with a situation, one thing that can change it is prayer. Not complaining, not moaning, not crying, you know, not crying, 
not agitating for praying. Pray. You can cry in your prayer. You can agitate in your prayer. But whatever you do, make sure you're praying. Because prayer is an instrument of change. And finally, I try to summarize what prayer is to me. You know, and for me, prayer is a believer's lifeline. You know, prayer is a believer's lifeline. And later on, I will share with us an article I wrote on this topic, prayer, the believer's lifeline. Because when you think about what a lifeline is, that line is, that, is a line you call, you know, in the time when you, you, you have an urgent need, a time of emergency, the time where you need to rely on someone that you know, you know will not fail you, you know? So prayer is a believer's lifeline. So as I, as I prayed about this class this morning, and I said, Holy Spirit, you are a teacher. What, what is prayer? You tell us. Because th these answers came from my mind, just as you have shared the answers from your mind. And this is what he said. He said, prayer is an offering. Prayer is a tangible force of spiritual energy. And prayer is a spiritual transaction. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you please help us this morning. Even as you teach us, help us to understand these things. And help me to be able to articulate them the way you want them articulated in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want us now to grab our Bibles and to just very quickly look at the scriptural references that we have here. Prayer is an offering. Let's think about that for a minute. And perhaps I should ask us, what do we understand to be an offering? Can anybody offer us a response to that? What's an offering? You can just unmute and tell us what you understand an offering to be. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. An offering is what you offer from that word. What you offer. How do you offer it? Then that comes where that uh, aspect of offering is coming from. You offer it with all your heart. Do you just offer it anyhow? Something you offer to someone. Okay. Be or no. That's where I can offer from your heart. Okay. Thank you, sis. Thank you for that contribution. Does anybody want to add to that? Hallelujah. An offering is a sacrifice that costs you something. Not just to offer it, it costs you something. It takes away something for you. Just like prayer. If you want to pray, prayer takes away your convenience. It takes away your, your sleep. It takes away your time. So that is why it's a, it's a sacrifice. Hmm. Thank you very much. So it is something that leaves you, right? When you offer something, you've, you're giving something. So thank you so much for those contributions. Let's, let's look at the scriptures. Let's look at that Romans 5, 8. What's in that scripture? Romans 5, 8. If someone is there, you can read, just so that I can be sure that we're looking at our Bibles. I have mine open and I can read it. But I also want to make the class interactive. So if you want to read, please read to us. Revelations chapter 5, verse 8. Okay, let me read because of time. But please, let's have our Bibles open so we can look at these things together. Your Bible is on your device, so you can just 
skip to your uh, new version or whatever version Bible app you use and look at it as I read. The Bible describes, you know, Revelations, the book of Revelations is full of uh, visions of things taking place in, in heaven. And so this is one of um, those sorts of visions. This is part of the vision that John the Revelator saw. Um, and later on, you can go and read the entire chapter, but I'm just bringing out this verse five. He says, now when he had taken the scroll, so before this, there was a scroll, there was a scroll um, that needed to be read. Um, and that scroll um, was sealed. It had seven seals, but it needed to be, to be read. It needed to be opened. You know, and, and if you look at verse two of that verse five, it says, who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose its seals, you know, and so on and so forth. We're not doing a teaching on Revelation. Let's fly straight to verse eight. It says, now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. So it was a lamb that came forward and took that scroll that I will, I will open the scroll each having a harp and golden bowls. This is where uh, the relevance is for us. Golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So the prayers of the saints, the saints are human beings, believers in the Lord Jesus dwelling on earth and who while dwelling on earth have offered prayers. And those prayers that we offer actually in heaven manifests as incense. Now, when you look at incense, incense, incense is something that is generated, right? You put some herbs together. That's the first thing. So you put some herbs together um, you may need to put some oil in the herbs and then you strike, you light a fire and the fire must touch the herbs. And it is when that process is complete that it now generates incense, the smoke, the smoke that it generates releases a fragrance into the air. And that's what we call incense. Well, look at the process that has gone into it. There has been, so all those, all these are our responses, right? The, the outbursts of the heart, the pouring of our hearts, you know, all those things, that is the making of the incense. That is the making of the incense. We're still gonna to come to things like requests and all of those things later. So when we make that incense, that incense is supposed to bring about a reaction. The reaction that it brings is determined by fire. And the fire, as believers, we know that fire represents the Holy Spirit. So what is, when the Holy Spirit tells us prayer is an offering, it means that prayer is an activity that involves our heart. We must be present in it. We must be present in it. So it involves our coming before the presence of God with our hearts, ready to pour out our hearts. That's the making of the offering. Ready to pour out our hearts, right? And we must come 
in the spirit. We must come in the spirit. You know, the Bible says that they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Someone said prayer is worship. It's true. It's an act of worshiping, right? So we come with a heart of worship, a heart to give. So we're not coming in a hurry. And we're coming in the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the fire that kindles our prayer efforts and makes it generate the smoke that rises up to heaven and becomes an incense. And incense is something you cannot ignore. You know, often Indians, they always burn incense. When you enter an Indian store, you cannot ignore the fragrance. They always have a distinct odor, a distinct smell, because they are always burning incense to their gods. You cannot ignore the smell of incense. So when our prayers rise up to heaven as incense, God cannot ignore it. God cannot ignore it. So when we say prayer is an offering, there's a lot that goes into that. Let's, let's look at Acts 10. What is in Acts 10? Acts 10 is a story of a man who had been praying. I'll read very quickly from verses one to four. Since there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming, coming in a, and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Hallelujah. Do you see what prayer does? I want us to pay attention to that verse four. Look at what that angel said to Cornelius. You know, Cornelius was a man, hmm? verse two says Cornelius was a man who did what? He was devout, he feared God, and he prayed to God. How often? Always. So this was a prayerful man, right? And look at what the angel said. It says your prayers and your alms, alms are things you give, you know, when you give alms, you give to the poor. Your prayers, and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. I want us to look at that word, come up. That is a demonstration of what we just talked about concerning Revelations 5, 8. Our prayers need to rise up and that entails a process, you know. So our prayers, and there's a model called, you know, where we're going to talk about the effectual um, prayer of you know effectual prayer. So I believe that the, the, the prefect for that model is going to delve deeper into that when the time comes. But what I'm trying to demonstrate here is the fact that our prayers must rise up. There's a rising up of our prayer 
that must happen in order for prayer to bring a result. This man had been praying and his prayer became, had went up and became a memorial before God. And what was God's response to his prayer? God's response to his prayer was an instruction. And that instruction was going to bring about the answer to his prayer. The instruction was send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. And what was Simon coming to do? He will tell you what you must do. Hallelujah. See, that is when prayer is complete. Prayer is complete. When we make our prayers, it rises up and an answer is released from above. That is the value chain, as it were, for the business people around us of prayer. Prayer is a tangible force of spiritual energy. Let's look at Revelations 8. Revelations 8, verses 3 and 4. It says, then another angel, this is another vision in heaven, another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. Prayer is a tangible force of spiritual energy. Look at what the angel threw into the earth. The angel threw a censer filled with fire, filled with incense. The incense in that censer is the prayers of the saints again. That was what he threw to the earth. And look at the reaction it brought about. Thunder, noise, lightnings, and earthquake. It shook the earth. Our prayers have the potential to bring about physical reactions. You know, and there are, there are myriads of examples. Every time we pray, what we are praying for is a change in something that is tangible, right? Our prayers are intangible. You can't touch our prayers physically. You can't see our prayers, right? But yet we open our mouth, we pray, and then we see things physically happen. We see things physically happen. We see the, the sick physically becoming healed. We see circumstances. Our manager comes to work and begins to change what he said yesterday that was completely against us. And he begins to say something that is completely in our favor. <laughs> Why? Because there's been, there's been an energy that has been released that, that, that is bringing about a tangible change. Prayer is a tangible force of spiritual energy. We can talk about that for a whole week. And I want to bring our attention to something. Do you know, go and study the Bible about prayer. You will never find the Bible say that prayers were said. Prayers are made, not said. That's what the Holy Spirit said to me. Prayers are made, not said. You see, when you make something, it means effort has gone into it. Resources have gone into it. Material has gone into it. Process has gone into it. 
You know, we don't, we don't say prayers. We make prayers. But today, as believers, we say prayers. Saying is part of the process. It's a process. Prayer is a process. It goes beyond saying. We make prayers. Prayer is a spiritual transaction. Let's look at a transaction that occurred that involved our Lord Jesus Christ, which is reported in the book of Hebrews chapter five. And I read, that transaction took place in the garden called Gethsemane. And Hebrews 5, 7 reports it like, reports it like this. He says, who in the days of his flesh, that's talking about our Lord Jesus, when he had offered up pray, prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. There was a transaction that took place in that garden of Gethsemane. I want to quickly run there. Matthew 26 gives an account of it. It says, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not, I, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then the second time he went away and prayed again, saying, oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, then your will be done. There was something that was happening there. Look, before Jesus came, he knew what he was coming for. He knew what he was coming to do. There was already an agreement that had been reached between him and the father that he was going to come as a man and he was going to come as a son of man. That means he was going to be man in every sense, vulnerable to temptation, sensitive to pain and emotion. So he came as a son of man and he was going to pay the penalty for the sin of man. And that was going to entail Pain, it was going to entail a violent death. The most violent form of death, the, the, most, the most horrible kind of death because the wages of sin is death. He was going to have to pay the wages of sin, of man's sin. All of this had been agreed. And Jesus was supposed to come, you know, and execute that transaction. And when he lived, his, lived through this earth as the son of man, right, at the threshold of when he was going to fulfill the very purpose for which he came, in the place of prayer. And mind you, before this, Jesus always had a life of prayer. You know, Jesus, we're going to look at the, 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 the Jesus's prayer life, you know, in other models. Jesus had a life of, lived a life of prayer. But this particular day, this particular night, on the eve of when the process of making propitiation for the sin of man was going to start, his soul felt the burden of it. 
His soul perceived the pain of it and what it was going to entail. And guess what? Jesus felt that he could not go ahead with it. That is man. That is him. That was the man in him. He felt like giving it up at that point. But look at where he received the strength to go on. It was in the place of prayer. And he reasoned it out with God. You know, Jesus, the Lord tells us in Isaiah, he says, come, let's reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make you as white as snow. Prayer is a place of transaction. It's a place where we transact with God. Where we, where we bring what we have and say, Father, this is all I have. I don't have more than this. And then he gives us, he adds to what we have, right? Or he takes that which we have and replaces it. Jesus came in the Garden of Gethsemane essentially to say, I can't go on. I don't think I can get through with this. But God says, God did something in that garden. When he prayed to the point of surrender, God gave him the strength to be able to do it. Prayer is a spiritual transaction. Um, we have types of prayer, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of sanctification, prayer of consecration, petition, supplication, declaration, prophetic prayers. These are different types of prayer. These are different types of prayer that we pray when we are doing what? When we are making an offering, when we are making prayers, right? We, we, our, the making of our prayers can involve thanksgiving, prayer of sanctification. Prayer of sanctification is a prayer where we come to ask God for cleansing, where we come to ask God for cleansing. The prayer of consecration is where we come with a willingness and a desire to dedicate our hearts and our mind and soul and body to God. The prayer of petition is where we make an appeal, where we ask for help, you know? Prayer of supplication is when we are begging for something, you know? Prayer of declaration is when we are making an announcement, we are reinforcing something that already exists, something that has been spoken already. You know, when we come to make a declaration, we are reinforcing what the scriptures have said. We are reinforcing what God has said about us or about a situation. And then there's prophetic prayer, you know? And these are the different types of prayer that we're going to look at in other modules. But these are, we, the combination of these things are what, Result in the making of prayers, in the making of prayers. So for instance, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts about when um, James was killed and then Herod was also going to kill Peter. You know, he was also going to kill Peter. The Bible says that prayers were made to God for Peter. So you can imagine when, when the prayers were made for Peter, First of all, there must have been a prayer of thanksgiving, thanking God for giving them, you know, that authority to pray, praying prayers of sanctification, acknowledging their ability to stand before God, prayer of consecration, reminding God 
that Peter has been separated unto God, making a petition, bringing before God what Herod, you know, was set to do and requesting of God to intervene in that situation, making a prayer of support, pleading with God to save Peter from that death that was hanging on his head, making declaration that the Lord Jesus has appointed them as his disciples and he has given them a work. And he declared when he was with them that Peter was going to be the rock upon which he would build his church. And therefore, on the basis of this, Peter must not die because the church has not even started. Prophetic prayers is in a class of its own. Prophetic prayers are the prayers that we pray to bring into, into bear what has been spoken concerning the future. And I won't doubt that some prophetic prayers were not prayed on that day, just based on what Jesus said about Peter being the rock upon which he will build his church, you know? And so you can see at a glimpse, that's why I felt the need to just touch lightly on types of prayer, that when we make prayers, when we make prayers, the making of our prayer is, you know, it, it can involve those different types of prayers. And learning from Jesus. Jesus gave a prayer template, which is in the Lord's Prayer. And we've touched on some of the things in that template. That prayer starts, first of all, with relationship. You see, for prayers to make, to have meaning, there must be, there must be a touching of hearts. Relationship is, is a coming together of hearts. Relationship is a coming together, a rubbing together, you know, a meeting of minds. That must, that is where prayer starts. And sometimes when you come to the place of prayer and you're feeling empty, you know, you know, when you come and you're feeling, you're feeling somehow, you're feeling everything but feeling like praying, right? At that point, remember, it's a relationship. It's a relationship. And the purpose of that relationship is to bring those feelings to him. So prayer is not something where, oh, until I feel like praying before I pray. Or until I feel holy before I pray. Or until I feel, you know, accepted. Until I feel, you know, like a prayer warrior. No, prayer is not about feelings. Prayer is about relationship. And you see, relationship is that I'm feeling rotten and I come to my, to my friend. I come to my partner. I come to, to that person that I have relationship with and I come and I say, you know what? I'm actually feeling rotten right now. And by coming to him to say, I'm feeling rotten right now, that, that is the communion. The communion has started. So our communion with God is not something that starts when we are feeling perfect. It is always coming to him, you see. It's always coming to him when we are feeling in the dumps and when we are feeling on the mountaintop. So please, let, let us break that barrier that our feelings have created in our lives. Some people, feelings has created a barrier between them and God. And the devil has mastered the art of you working our feelings against us, using our feelings against us. So it starts with relationship. And Jesus said that when he said, our father in heaven, you know, when the disciples said, teach us. You can open that place so that as we're talking, we can just look at it. Let's look at it and look, I'm not going to read it. Just going to be referring to it. Luke 11, you know, 
Luke 11, um, and it starts from verse 2. And, and, and when they came to him and said, teach us to pray. He says, when you pray, say this, our Father in heaven. So Jesus essentially said, when you pray, remember your relationship with God. Remember. Secondly, authority. There's authority. Exert your authority as a believer in the place of prayer. Remember also that the person to whom you are coming to has all the authority, has all the power. He says, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. In other words, you're inviting the authority of God into your life or into the situation or into whatever you are bringing before him in prayer. You're, 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 you're invoking his authority over your life, over that situation, you know, and, and, and his will be done, right? Yeah. Remember that prayer of declaration? His will be done. So you, you declare his will concerning that matter. You don't declare what you are feeling about that matter. You are declaring his will, okay? And then reliance on God for provision. When we come to God in the place of prayer, we must come with a heart of dependency, depending on him. We must be ready. We must recognize that we are relying on him to be the one to give us day by day, day by day. So we're relying on him for each day, right? When that day that you're coming, at that very moment, you're relying on him for that moment. And tomorrow when you come again, you're relying on him for that moment, you know? And then the need for the godly virtue of forgiveness. Remember, Jesus focuses and emphasizing on the need for us to forgive when we come to pray because Forgiveness negates our prayers. For unforgiveness, sorry, not forgiveness. Unforgiveness negates our prayers. Unforgiveness is a sin, you know? And unforgiveness usually is a sin that dwells in our heart. And so when we carry unforgiveness in our heart, God cannot answer our prayer. That is why the Bible says that if I hide iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. It's not that he, want, he doesn't want to hear your prayer. He, he just cannot because when he looked in our heart at that point in time, all he sees there is the wall and the barrier of unforgiveness. So forgiveness is an essential ingredient if we're going to make any progress in prayer. Dealing with temptation, we cannot sweep temptation under the carpet because temptation is very powerful and nobody is above temptation. If Satan could tempt our Lord Jesus, he can tempt anybody. And guess what? Jesus had to pray to be able to resist temptation. He didn't just resist temptation with, with bravado. You know, he had to pray to resist temptation. So in, 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 in the prayer template that he has given us, he expects us to bring our temptations before the Lord, confess the things that, the temptations that you're experiencing and receive strength to overcome it. And then in that prayer template also is the expectation that we must seek protection from God in the place of prayer whether you're protecting your life, whether you're protecting your children, whether you're protecting your finances, everything, we seek protection. Protection is obtained in the place of prayer. So that's the template. So our homework is to go and study this Luke chapter 11, verses one to four. And next time we have an opportunity to come together, I'm going to ask us to share what we have learned from it. And so, Again, just running through this 
I've touched on a lot of this. What we have, we have what we call prayer principles. There are certain principles that must be present for prayer to, you know, to be effective. Faith is the first thing. Without faith, the Bible says we cannot please God. You know, faith. So as we are coming in that relationship, we must come with a heart of faith. And faith simply means believing, you know. Persistence is another principle. And Jesus taught these principles in these scriptural references, okay? And a pure state of mind as well, okay? I will read from Mark 11. I'll read from Mark 11. Let me quickly read from that Mark 11 from 22 to 25. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, right? That's the first principle. Have faith in God. Please, not have faith in yourself, okay? Okay, not have faith in what you know, right? Not have faith in a sermon you've heard. Have faith in God. Very important. That's the first prayer principle. For as shortly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I, I, I forgot to add an essential principle there. Prayers must be articulated. In other words, it must be expressed through words. Through words. There must be an expression of our prayers. You know, Jesus says, whoever says, so we must say, there must be a saying, right? And believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Okay? You will have them. He says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, do you see that forgiveness? Forgive him so that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. For if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So forgiveness is very critical, right? When we are praying. So I think we need to put that down as even a prayer principle. Forgiveness, you know, forgiveness. Persistence. We know that story. We find it in, that, in Luke 11. Jesus talks to us about persistence. We know you know, the woman and the unrighteous judge and so on and so forth. Jesus is teaching persistence. And then the state of mind, the state of mind, which is forgiveness, exactly. That Mark 11, 25, you know, the state of mind is very, very important. Very, very important. So that state of mind is not about feelings. Is, is about what is inside our heart. So we may actually be feeling so glorious, we may be feeling so holy, but inside our hearts is unforgiveness. God does not see how we feel. God sees what is in our heart. And then how often should we pray? How often should we pray? In, in Luke um, 18, one, the Bible tells us that, that Jesus teaching that men ought always to pray and not faint. He says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So we, we are, we're supposed to pray always, always, always. That means that 
Prayer is not something that we have to wait until we get to the, to the side of our bed and put a pillow on the floor and kneel down. Always. So when you're driving, when you're behind your desk, and we must be spontaneous about prayer. We must be spontaneous about prayer. And so you're a pastor, you're teaching, you're preaching. And the Holy Spirit nudges you to stop your message. And they're giving you 20 minutes to preach. But the Holy Spirit nudges you to stop your message and pray for someone who is sick. Please don't ignore. Don't in your mind file it away and say, ah, they've only given me 20 minutes. I have to get to the end of my sermon. When I get home, I will pray for the woman. Stop your message and pray at that moment. Because later on in a separate module, we're going to, we're going to learn about these things. You know, taking opportunities of what we call the Kairos moment in the place of prayer. So basically, we've come to the end of this module. This module one is going to be repeated again later on. We'll publish our calendar um, of different modules. And like I said, the prayer school is every month. There's six modules that we're going to run twice in a year. Um, so I'm still going to come back to teach on this module one um, in six months time by the grace of God. And I don't know whether the content I'm going to teach is going to still be this one or, or another one. I don't know. But right now, I want us to talk about areas of challenge in our prayer lives. So again, um, please, I want us to talk about areas of challenge. Um, majorly, the challenges for me are um, um, distractions. Um, a lot of things that I look at daily that I have to do, so many responsibilities, and then um, creating special time for prayers. So that is a major challenge for me, actually. Um, sometimes, if it's to join a prayer meeting or something, sometimes a network. Endurance, endurance in prayer is one of the key challenging areas that I have. Okay, endurance in prayers. Thank you, sir. Yes, there was a sister that was going to say something. Please say what you wanted to say. My own challenge is the words not just coming. I, I sit down, I want to pray. I am positioned to pray. I am ready to pray, but the words will not just come, especially when there are things troubling my mind. The words will not just flow. Like, this is the time I need to pray the most. Like I have challenges, I have things disturbing me. I need to pray, but the, the, my mouth will just be glued. I, the words will not just come. In the okay. process, then um, other thoughts will just be coming, invading my mind here and there. And then the prayer, um, whatever is defeated. Mm. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, so for, for me, I... There is just so many things to pray about, and um, yeah, just when you pray, I, when I pray, I just hope that I've captured everything that I needed to capture. But I know that there is just so many things to pray about. So yeah. overwhelmed by the number of things you need to pray about, right? Is that the, yes. the challenge? Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Good Praise morning. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, my own major challenge is more of procrastination. I'll say, okay, I'll do it. I'll pray later. Okay, I'll pray in five minutes. Okay, I'll pray in 10 minutes. And I end up not doing it or not doing it long enough or satisfactorily. Mm, thank you so much. Okay. Praise the Lord. 
Yes, hallelujah. Good morning, Auntie. Um, so my challenge is um, listening and not talking at God. So how do I, I find that I, I can talk for, for a long time, but then when it comes to listening, two minutes and I'm already getting distracted. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Any more? Any more? So we can start tackling these issues one after the other. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Getting more deeper in the word. Reading the word. Stay in, stay in front of God and read the Bible. Quote and have a smooth the way I really wanted. Okay, so sorry, sis. I need to. I need you to articulate your challenge in relation to prayer. You've said spending time in the Word of God. Yes, ma'am. Word of God. Okay, so I, so I, so I that's pray. so that's a challenge. But yes. when we talk about praying, do you have any challenge in relation to prayer? Uh, that the the only challenge I have is maybe when I expect to receive answers. And answers is not coming, you know, brings okay. about like. Okay, so waiting. How, how sad, yes, ma. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, thank you all so much. Thank you. God bless you for sharing this with us. This is why we are here. So let's tackle, uh, let's address each of this. And once we're done with this, to be honest, we're just going to pray and that's the end of the class. So let's look at this distraction. I, I'm sure many of us can relate with this challenge. We're distracted by our daily chores and by competing legitimate, I love the way Auntie put it, legitimate responsibilities. And so what I'm, the way I'm gonna approach these challenges is God helping me, I'm going to just um, suggest practical steps we can take, things we can do to overcome this challenge, okay? So for distractions, um, someone also talked about uh, struggling to find, oh, someone talked about, I thought I typed it, looking for time, ha, creating special time for prayers, creating special time for prayers, exactly. You see, the simple solution to this number one challenge, right, and I call it simple, but I know it's not that easy. That's what, that, 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 that's what we'll say. But it is easy. It's easy. All we need to do is to be mindful, mindful of the fact that there is a constant resistance against our prayer lives. We must be mindful of that. There is somebody somewhere that the last thing he wants you to do huh, is to pray. So that's why prayer is, is, is challenging for believers because prayer is where power is released. Now, the solution to distraction is what is in Luke 1.18, that men always, 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 always. So how do we maintain always? It means we don't need to get to, to, to when we can create a special time. There's no special time for prayer, my sister. Prayer must be constantly going on in our hearts as a conversation. It's not until we are kneeling down you see, God has, has, has given us the ability to control our thoughts. And often, our mind is running riots, running in different directions. 
every direction but in the direction of prayer. Now, what you do is as your mind is running in one direction, you rein it in and turn that direction to prayer. Let me give you a practical example. So this week has been crazy busy for me. I came back from Abuja yesterday. I've been in Abuja for most of the week, crazy busy. No time for anything. And I knew I had this class this morning. And I would, every time I would think about it, I would want to panic. And then it occurred to me that Bodolade, what you're going to do on Saturday is not even by your power and your mind. So every time my mind would want to, you know, I, want to, I would want to panic. I would just begin to pray in my heart. And I'll say, Lord, I commit that Saturday into your hands. The prayer is not me on my knees with my Bible open and my eyes lifted up. It's a conversation I'm having in my heart and I'm having and I'm engaging with God in my heart. That's prayer. That's prayer. And I'm sitting in a conference room. I'm sitting on a stage where I'm about to present and I'm praying in my heart about Saturday prayer school. That's prayer. Right? Daily chores. You're doing things. You're sweeping. And as you're sweeping, you have a whole house you need to clean. And right there and then, you can turn that activity to a prayer point and be praying in your heart. Ah, look at how cluttered my house is. Lord, every clutter in my life, in the lives of my children, take it out. So seizing the moment is what I'm trying to say. Creating our distractions to, into opportunities. By recognizing that prayer is not something that you need to have a special place and come and do at a special time in a particular type of way. There's a place for all of that. But we need to, to cultivate a life of prayer. So let's move on to endurance in praying. I have that challenge as well, praying through, praying through, you know? And it's so important that we learn to pray through. Now, how do we pray through? It's useful to keep a prayer journal, right? I journal a lot. So it's useful to keep a prayer journal. So have a prayer journal. When you, when you, when you have a, a, a matter that you're bringing to God in prayer, write it down. Articulate it in writing in your prayer journal. Put the date there. Write out what you're asking God to do. Write out what your expectations from, those, from that prayer are. Then from time to time, come to what you've written down. When you've come to, when you, when you come to your journal, so when do I read my journal? I read my journals many times on my way to work in the car or when I'm traveling, you know, I treat my journals like novels. I read my journals like reference books. And I see those entries. And I say that ah, this thing, I, 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 I'm still in this matter. It triggers me to pray, to continue to pray about it. So praying through is a challenge that many of us as believers will face. It takes discipline to pray issues through. It takes endurance. So that endurance itself is a grace that we must ask God to give us. Now, struggling to find the words to pray, especially when our heart is burdened, which is the time we need, most need to pray. That is where praying in the spirit, in the language of the spirit is useful. And that's why as believers, if, you, if, you're, if you're not praying in tongues, if you don't know how to, if you're not speaking in tongues, if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, even if you've been born again for 20 years, please don't feel embarrassed. The next time, go to a pastor you trust or a sister or a brother that you feel comfortable with and tell them, do you know I don't speak in tongues? 
You know, I asked a question one day in church, how do you administer speaking in tongues to people? It's an act of faith. If you come to someone like me, all I'll do is hold my hand and pray with you and ask God to help you to pray in tongues because I can pray in tongues and share my own experience with you. But it's important that we pray in tongues. Praying in tongues helps. When you come and you don't have the words, open your mouth, sister, and begin to speak in tongues. Begin to speak in tongues. When you don't feel like praying, Open your mouth and be, and you know you're supposed to pray. Just speak in tongues. As you speak in tongues, you'll find that it's like you're, you're, you're kindling a fire and that fire will eventually catch. Sometimes singing, take your hymn book. A lot of the hymns we sing, they are prayers. When you sing, by the time you sing two or three hymns, it will, it will, it will help you. you. The words will come. The words will come. You see, those words are inside your heart. You just need to open your mouth to articulate them. And the blockage sometimes is that growing up, we've been taught that prayer needs to be said in a certain type of way. And that is religion. Prayer does not need to be said in any certain type of way. Prayer is you opening your mouth and connecting with your father. So sister, next time you find your, just open your mouth, no matter how ridiculous, just sit down and pretend that God is sitting in front of you and start a conversation. Do, I cannot share with you the number of things I've received in the place of thought, just by thinking something. I'll share one very quickly. The year that I lost my father, I lost my father and I was scheduled to go abroad for a conference. I could not cancel, so I had to go on that conference. So you can imagine I was on the plane and I just thought it, I didn't even pray. And I said, Father, I just, I just wish I could be alone right now in a comfortable spot and a quiet spot on my own. I was in economic class. Do you know that barely 10 minutes after I thought that thought, I thought that prayer, I prayed that thought in my heart. This was in 2003. A woman just came, a, a flight attendant just came and said, are you Mrs. Lola de Oshosami? I said, yes, she said, please come with me. And I was wondering, and she took me to business class. They didn't even put me in premium. They took me straight up to business class and said, please, this is your seat, sit here. And I said, no, please, I, I, my, um, I, my ticket is an economy and this is my body, this is not my seat, this is my body. She said, I know, we're upgrading you, just sit here. And I said, oh, but my bags are in economy class. She said, we're gonna bring all your things to you. And throughout that flight, I didn't tell these people that my father was, I was grieving or bereaved. They were treating me as if they, they were waiting on me. Every minute they were coming to me. Would you like this? Would you like something to drink? And that was, that was God now. That was my heavenly father. He heard the thought in my heart. And that's what God, that's what prayer is. It's communicating, communing, connecting. Unbelief and doubt. Oh, we all suffer from that. Now, what the help for that is reading the scripture and believing what is in the Bible. Just believe what, what the Bible says. That is it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So faith is what counters unbelief and doubt. And faith comes through the word. And also what helps faith is listening to messages. Oh my God. Go, we are so blessed in this generation. Go to YouTube, listen to Kenneth Hagin's messages. Kenneth Hagin was a guru of faith. Listen to teachings of faith by Kenneth Hagin. Listen to uh, Apostle Selman. Listen to, 
Look, there are so many servants of God. They are all on YouTube, free of charge. Just listen to messages that will trigger your faith in your heart. It will counter every unbelief and doubt. Overwhelmed by the number of things you need to pray about. That's another time when you need to open your mouth and pray in tongues. And that's also when journaling helps. Make a list. Make a list. So in 2015, the Lord gave me a template when I had this issue. He gave, the Holy Spirit gave me a template. And he said, look, there are seven days in a week, okay? So on Monday, pray for your children. On Tuesday, pray for your spouse. On Wednesday, pray for the country. On Thursday, pray concerning your work and your personal needs. On Friday, intercede for people with needs. It's on my iPhone. I can open it, reminders is there. Every day, there are things I'm supposed to pray about. So organize just the same way you organize your business, you know, organize your prayer life. Organize your prayer life. Look for what works for you, all right? If it is to set a reminder on your phone, and another thing, don't think that, oh, you have to pray about everything now, now, now. No, no, no. God lives outside of time. So you don't have to like run through all your prayer needs at one sitting, right? Make, organize your prayer life. Organize your prayer life. You can say in one day, I'm going to pray about four things. You pray about two of them in the morning. You pray about two in the evening. Even between morning and evening, you can pray about all four of them in your heart, in your heart. So it's so when you're overwhelmed by the number of things you need to just organize, organize yourself, right? Procrastination, that one is a habit. Is a habit. Again, when you procrastinate, what exactly are you procrastinating? You're procrastinating over, oh, when to pray. Now, the way to counter that is don't let prayer be a futuristic thing. Pray spontaneously. Learn to be spontaneous about your prayer. So it's done and dusted. That's why, look, when you come to me and say, Sister Lagade, please, I want you to pray about this. If you notice, for those of you who, who come to me, right there and then I say, you know what? Let's hold our hands. Because I don't want to, I don't want to fail you by saying, yes, sister, I will pray. Then I don't pray. So right there and then we pray. Let me tell you, sometimes that's the only time I, I get to pray, pray with you. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes that's the only time because I move on and then maybe it's when I see you, I remember. But thank God, the moment you came to me, I prayed with you. I prayed with you. But there are times when I remember the Holy Spirit helps me or there are times when as you share your prayer burden with me, God makes it my burden as well. And I'm praying with you and I'm, you know, dreaming about, you know, God is showing me things, but it's not all the time. So what, don't, don't postpone prayer, the need for prayer. Be spontaneous. When you're spontaneous, then you counter procrastination, okay? And if that procrastination is about praying with somebody, pray with them immediately. Or if God drops sister came in your heart, Immediately send her a prayer. You can send her a voice note or you can text a prayer to her or you can call her on the phone and say, hi, Sister Kemi, I just want to pray with you right now. And pray with her right there, right now. You've done it. So, you are, so the opportunity to procrastinate praying with Sister Kemi does not even happen. Listening and not just talking at God. Oh my God, we're all so guilty. By the time we finish keeping all our requests, and which is not a bad thing, you know, he says, open your mouth wide, wide, wide and I'll feel it. But we must learn, we must learn to listen. 
And, you know, listening for God, it takes discipline. It takes discipline. So it is something that is worth praying about. Lord, teach me to listen to you. And teach me to recognize your voice when you speak. Right? And finally, waiting on God for answers. That takes discipline as well. Waiting on God. Waiting. Look at it now. When you wait, eh? when you wait, it means that no, no cutoff time has been put to it. Abraham waited for 25 years before his son Isaac came. Waiting takes a certain mindset. It's a mind. So, what I can offer you is what eases waiting. Mm? What should ease our waiting? When we are, look, there are things I'm, I've been waiting on God for in prayer for years. And I'm still waiting. And there are moments I feel so discouraged. There are moments I cry. I cry bitter tears. And I feel like, God, is it that you're not hearing me or what's going on? And I feel overwhelmed. But when I feel that way, I remember Abraham, who the Bible says he hoped against hope. Look, I'm not going to promise to tell you that waiting is easy. It's not. But we pray for the grace to wait. We pray. And you know that there are people who die waiting. Yes, now the Bible tells us in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, there are people who die waiting. There are people who, who die waiting. There are people who have been praying for the rapture. They are dead now. Has rapture happened? Yeah, the Bible tells us to pray and wait for the rapture. But some of us are going to die before the rapture happens. And some of us are still going to be here. But if we die before the rapture happens, are we going to now say that God doesn't answer prayers? No, it's still going to happen. It's just that it wasn't in his plan that we will see it. That's all. And that's, it. that's something we must, we must be able to feel comfortable with as believers. As believers, we must be mature enough to feel comfortable, to feel comfortable with these things. And not think that it is a curse when somebody talks about death. It is not a curse. Death is transition. The Bible tells us God promises us long life. And of course, premature death is not our portion. But we mustn't see death as a taboo. We must see it for what it is and put it in proper context. And so when a person is praying and waiting on God for something and they die without seeing that thing, God did not fail them. He just didn't, he just took them away before they got a chance to see the answer. Some of us that were born again today, the person that prayed for your salvation died before you got saved. That's the truth. That's the truth. But you are saved today. But that person, his spirit is in heaven and rejoicing. Yay! Kate is now saved. Kate, my niece, is saved. I prayed for her. But Uncle died before Kate became saved. But today, Kate is saved and on fire for the Lord. And uncle is in heaven and can see it from there. He's just not on this side of heaven. So waiting is another kettle of fish. And we're not going to delve too deep into that because we need to pray. It's 8.36 and the class must end by 8.45. So I hope before I, I leave that slide, because apart from um, sharing our areas of challenge, Q&A, so before we pray, questions and answers, please raise up your hand so that it's orderly. Raise up your hand, Brother Alex, please just call whoever raises their hand because I can't see. So if you want to 
or if, if you if you are looking for the hand raising button, you can just unmute. Let's be free. Please, if you have a question, this is the time for QA. Hello, can we hear me? Okay, QA, QA time, please. Please ask your questions. Ask your questions. I would like you to ask it audibly. Sister Kate. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there are times you pray about a certain issue and God gives you a rema, a particular promise. And you pray that prayer. And like you said, sometimes we forget that prayer and don't pray it anymore. Then another time when somebody has a similar issue and the person is sharing with you, ah, this is God, God gave me concerning my healing. And then in your heart, you say, but God, but Lord, I have, I have asked you for this prayer and you've not answered me. I've been waiting all these years. Then the Lord told me specifically, why are you claiming this other sister's promise? The promise I gave you, what did you do with it? And I was like, what did I do with it? He said, yes, I gave you your own rema. What did you do with it? And now you are, you are claiming another sister's rema. So in a situation like that, I, I got confused and I was like, what do I do? Can you help me answer that question, please? All right, ma. So if I heard you correctly, you see, I, I, think it, I think you already have the answer to your question. And the answer to your question simply is that God speaks to us um, as his children um, and it comes again to that relationship. So it's the same way you have physical children and one will come to you for something as a way you speak to that one because you know the, 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 the temperament of that one. You know the one that when you shout at her, she doesn't hear. The moment you raise your voice, she's or she, you, that's your child. So you know your child. The moment you raise your voice, she's switched off already. So she, I have one like that. If I want to communicate with her, when I shout, she, she doesn't hear me. The best way I communicate with her is when I invite her for a one-on-one -on -one and engage her in conversation. That's the kind of person she is. I have another one. She shouts. So the only way we hear each other is we shout. So I shout at her, she shouts at me back. That's how we communicate. So essentially what I'm saying is that God knows his children. So in, in responding to our prayers, right? He, he speaks a word to you. So that's your word. That's what we call a word in season. That's your own word for that season. So just obey that word or do whatever he has asked you to do with that word. Like he gave Cornelius a word. He gave, he says, send for Peter, right? Send for Peter. That was a word. That was an instruction. So Cornelius, that instruction was not go and, go and uh, join people when they are gathering, when Peter is preaching. That's, that's, that's not the instruction. The instruction to him was send for him and let him come to your own house. He didn't say go to where Peter is preaching. Now the two is making contact with Peter, but in different ways. So in, in, in responding to our prayers, God can be specific. So let's take what he tells us and do it. I hope I've been able to answer your question. Any other question? That means I'm a horrible teacher. No question. Praise the Lord, Sister Lani. My, my question is, how do one strike a balance between um, repetition of a particular prayer request 
and persistency. Hmm. Okay, thank you. How do you strike that balance? Very good question. Now, repetition is different from persistent, being persistent. Repetition is saying something. So don't forget, I said prayers are to be made and not said. We make prayers. And we're going to teach that in a separate module. We make prayers. We don't say prayers, right? Now, repetition is just saying something audibly, saying something, repeating something over and over. And it is not so much that you're saying it over and over. It is what is backing that repetition. Because sometimes when, even when you pray, you, you, you repeat what you're saying. But you're not repeating what you're saying because you don't believe what you're saying. But you're repeating what you're saying because somehow you have not yet received a release to stop saying it. I'll share a testimony that um, a woman of God shared with me once. A woman was blind and this was at a crusade. And this blind woman stepped forward to be prayed for. And as this minister of God laid her hand on this blind woman to pray for her, the, the, she kept on repeating. She kept on repeating herself. And the Lord opened her eyes to see that a giant creature that looked like a spider was on, the, on that woman's face. And as, as she said, in, in the name of Jesus, one hand of the spider would drop. And she had to, and when she said it again, so she had to keep repeating it until all the, uh, the thing that that spider was used to, had used to attach itself to that woman's face, dropped off and that thing fell off. Now this was in a vision. And the moment that thing fell off in the physical, the woman she was praying for screamed, I can see, I can see, I can see. So being persistent means is a state of heart. Being persistent is that thing that you're praying for. You have not yet seen it come to pass. So you, you have to keep coming. You have to keep coming. Because don't forget, we talked about endurance in prayer, praying through. Praying through is being persistent. You have to keep on coming. That's persistent. So of course, when you keep on coming over, over a matter, you will repeat things you've said. But you're not repeating it because you think the Father is not hearing. But you're repeating, you're repeating, you're repeating it because you're making a petition of him. So we have two more minutes. And Brother Odo Okere, I saw your hand up. And please feel free to engage me one-on-one -on -one when you see me in church. If you don't have a chance to exhaust, you know, your issues here. Sorry. Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead, sir. Praise God. Yeah. I, I just feel, is there anyone on this platform who is not filled with the Holy Spirit? Right in your room or anywhere you can be filled if you desire. That could just be a blessing. That's what I feel led in my spirit. So if anybody, so that we just pray and the person will be filled, the person will share his or her testimony. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I see two hands are raised. Now we're racing for time, but we can stretch it to 8.50. Yes. Oh, three parts. Let me see who they are. Um, should we ask the question or we should allow? Yeah, ask, ask the question. Sorry, I, because I, I can't see the names of the people that raised their hands. So if, if you okay. know you raised your hand, I'm probably in court. Please ask Okay, um, my own question has to do with, follow up with Candy's question. You keep on praying on a particular thing. How do you now know where to end, where to know whether it's the will of God or you continue praying about it or is um, that you should stop praying about this thing? Maybe it's not the will of God. Okay. Keep on praying. okay, thank you. Thank you for that question. I'll give you a simple answer to that. Now, the answer to our prayers isn't always a yes. 
We need to know that. God can answer with a yes, a no, or a wait, a not now, all right? So receiving answers to your prayer, how do you know you received answers to your prayer? It is when either the Holy Spirit has made you to see that this, this is not the way. And when he tells you this is not the way, most of the time he shows you the right way. And these things come in the place of communion, as we said, right? So if you've been praying for something and you really want to hear a yes, and God says it's a no, you've received your answer. So you don't keep praying about it. I'll give you an example. In 1997, when I wanted us to so badly relocate, I took three days to pray, to wait on God, to hear him. And I was convinced that God was going to give me a yes, that we should pack our bags and relocate to South Africa. But guess what? On the third day, he actually answered me. First day, I didn't hear anything. Second day, I didn't hear anything. It was on the third day I heard him. He, and how did I hear him? He said, pick up your Bible and go to uh, the book of Isaiah. And he also took me to the book of Jeremiah. And he says, start reading from here to here. And as I was reading, certain verses were jumping at me. Such that by the time I finished reading those scriptures, I had my answer. And his answer was a no. He said, I'm not saying, there are people that are in exile. I allowed them to go and I'm with them there in exile. And there are those that have left, left as a remnant in the land. And if you will be obedient and willing as a remnant in the land, you will, you, you will eat the good of the land. And that was how my husband and I stayed back in Nigeria. So that, so that was how I received a no. So when you received a no, you've received your answer, right? When you receive a yes, you will see the thing manifest. When the answer is wait, you will not receive a yes or no. You are still desiring the thing, but it's not just happening. So, so you have to be persistent until the day he tells you, okay, this thing you've been asking me, in actual fact, this is my answer to it. I hope that helps. Sister Shala, did, was, did you find that helpful? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. There's another hand that Hello. was raised. There's another Hello, hand that was raised. Yes, we can hear. Thank you. Yes, please. Thank you. Okay. Okay. If no more questions, I thought someone else also raised their hand. If you've raised your hand and you haven't spoken, please just ask your question so we can pray. Okay, no more questions. So please, I want to ask a question and please, I beg you be very honest in your question, in your answers, because we are, you know, we're in this together um, and I, I want us I want to know what, whether this class has actually benefited us in any way. So please, if this class um, um, has not really done much for you, can you please unmute or indicate in the chat why it hasn't really helped you and what your expectation was from this class? Please, I promise you I'm not gonna feel bad because it's not about me. Okay, so I want to assume it's benefited us. Okay, so we're just going to end with prayer. And once again, I apologize, it's rushed, uh, but we're gonna be doing our best to make the best of the time that's available to us. So um, I, I think I would like us to close in prayer now. And I want us to just pray right here and now about 
being filled with the Holy Spirit to pray in the Spirit. So, Brother Alor Okere, would you take the prayer? Would you take us in prayer through that as we close? And as uh, there's just prayer nuggets that I've posted on the screen that we can take away with us. Brother Alor Okere, pray us in prayer and let the prayer be focused on the ability to, to pray with, with speaking evidence or speaking in tongues. Father, we thank you for this privilege of learning at your feet again, uh, reminding us, charging us, correcting, instructing, and training us in righteousness. We are grateful. Thank you for every life. Lord, we praise in Jesus' name. You yourself said men ought always to pray and not to faint. And you made up your mind to give us a helper because you say we know not what to pray for as we ought to, but that the Holy Spirit helped And that whoever asked, receive it. Lord, at this moment, right here on this platform, you know your children who desire the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And as we pray right now, according to your word, let them be filled even with the evidence of speaking in other tongues in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we give you praise. As they open their mouth to worship you, to praise you, they begin to speak a language of the spirit of the living God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling them. Be filled in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we give you praise. Father, by this training, by this teaching, may our prayer lives keep rising in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your vessel you have used. We ask for a refilling, a refreshing. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. We turn over today and even the Sunday service into your hands. Be glorified in all. Thank you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you all so much for making it a date with us today. Um, the next class will be announced. It's going to be in the, on the third Saturday in the month of June by the grace of God. And we're going to be treating module two in that class. Um, module two, just very quickly, will be announced, but I'm just trying to, yeah, it's going to be on prayer principles. Prayer principles. That's going to be um, module two. So we're going to delve deeper into some of the things that we have touched on today. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Praise the Lord.